Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm bringing you part six of the series that Pastor Eric Dauma taught called The Tale of Two Cities, The World Builds Babylon. This week, he's going to discuss the modern environmental movement. Here's Pastor Eric. Now, what I want to do next is I want to turn to Marxism. But as I make the segue between pantheism and Marxism, what I want you to do is I want you to think about what is the connection between the two. How do atheistic Marxists and pantheists come together? The answer to the riddle is a man named Hegel. Hegel was a panentheist. In fact, Hegel was a European male philosopher who taught spiritual evolution. Now you might say, well, how does that tie into Marxism? Well, Karl Marx was one of his students. He was a European male philosopher who materialized Hegel into societal evolution. Hegel is the go-between between pantheism and atheistic Marxism. Now I'm being a little coy with something. I'll put my cards on the table. Notice I say European male philosopher, and you might be thinking, why are you saying that, Eric? Let me do a little bunny trail. Have you noticed lately in academia, the professors will stay, they will say to you, we have to stop male Eurocentric thinking now. They always want to get rid of Eurocentric male thinking. And really what's behind that is they don't like the doctrines that came from the Reformation, which gave us the Industrial Revolution, which made us be wealthy in the Western world. We're the ultimate bourgeoisie, you see. So they can't stand that type of European male white thinking. That's what they say. But the sad irony is they don't get rid of Hegel or Marx. That's who they're following. Now, who is Karl Marx and who is Hegel? They're white European males. But the left follows them. Who are you and I following as believers? We're following a Mideastern Jew. And yet our ideas are ridiculed as being European. Well, they're following Hegel and Marx. That's something we should think about. That's hypocrisy on steroids. Now, again, the connection between Hegel and Marx is this. When you have panentheism, God is in everything, or pantheism, it's a distinction without much of a difference. What you have then is no moral lawgiver in your God. Well, what do you have in atheism? Guess what? In atheistic Marxism, you have no lawgiver. You are God. You end up at the same place. And so that's why they get, a well, they get along so well in this last religion. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Marxism. I want to help you understand this idea of them being progressive. In order to understand what they mean by being progressive, we have to understand what Hegel taught as history. Notice on the screen with me, the Christian conception of history, I'm going to outline on this red line. We believe that there's an eternal God who created all things, including time, and he did so at creation. And creation... From there, time is going to proceed linearly all the way till we get to judgment. That's the conception that we have from the scriptures. But that's not what Hegel taught. Listen to what Hegel taught. Hegel believed that history was evolving spiritually. Hegel, being a panentheist, saw all of history as evolving when you had a battle between two opposing forces that he called absolute spirit and nature. 
And then he simplified that if you proceed through Hegel to being God in the world. And because, listen carefully, don't glaze over. Don't think about your fishing trip coming up. Hang in there with me. What Hegel believed is that because he was a panentheist, God was in the world. What God was doing is in history, he was drawing the world into himself over time. And that's why you have this evolution over time. God is going to draw all things into himself in an evolutionary cycle, thesis overcoming antithesis, although Hegel never used those terms, the concept is taught. And over time, as God would do that, you would reach what? You would reach perfection because God had drawn all things into himself. Now, don't shoot me the messenger. That sounds goofy. It is goofy. He made it up. But don't shoot me. I'm just telling you what he taught. But you see, as you evolve in history, you're evolving as God is drawing all things into himself, and you're going to have perfection. Therefore, you're not going to have what? Judgment. Because after all, if God is drawing all things into himself, he's not going to judge himself. So we Christians, he would declare, are wrong. Now, let's take Karl Marx. Karl Marx is a student of Hegel. He's a new Hegelian. But he's an atheist, and he doesn't believe in spirit or God. So what he does, he takes Hegel's scheme, but he materializes it. In fact, Karl Marx teaches that all of humanity is just matter in motion. That's all we are. And so he sees the battle not between God and the world, but between the haves and the have-nots, between the bourgeoisie, the haves, and the proletariat. And the goal of history, as he understood it, was the have-nots, the proletariat, were to overthrow the haves. And as that would happen, it happened, Karl Marx believed in his day, where the have-nots overthrew the haves, and they went from feudalism to capitalism. But Marx didn't like capitalism, so he needed the proletariat, the have-nots, to overthrow the haves again, and you would go from capitalism, you would go up the chain until you got to socialism. And then the proletariat, the have-nots, would have to overthrow the bourgeoisie again. And finally, you would get to communism where you get utopia. And therefore, that's their progression. That's their progress. By the way, utopia, do you know where that term comes from? Two terms in the Greek, utopos, means no place. How ironic is that? Yeah, they're leading you to nowhere fast. That's in juxtaposition to the Lord Jesus Christ, who has a real kingdom that will be here on earth, followed by a new heavens, new earth, and a new Jerusalem. But dear brothers and sisters, when you hear about the idea of being progressive, this is their progression. This is what they're referring to. And the reason why Christians are being hated today by so many Marxists is because you are impeding and stopping their progress. Why? Because you're the rascal that believes in judgment that they're not heading towards utopia. That's why the Marxists hate Christianity. We're impeding their progress. Because we won't get rid of the Bible and the God of the Bible. That's what it's all about. That's the battle that we have today. And in, I believe, the last seven years, this will blossom this heresy to where many Christians will be murdered once again. Again, people who come to faith during that time period. Now, let's look at Karl Marx's progress. And for the sake of time, I have to be somewhat brief, but these are the seven big doctrines that Karl Marx and the Marxists today want to bring about. Make no mistake about it. These are the seven to me from all of his writings that are most antithetical to Scripture. Let's begin with number one. 
Karl Marx said in the Communist Manifesto that he wanted to abolish all private property. Listen to what he said, quote, he said, the theory of the communists may be summed up in a single sentence, abolition of private property. There you go. Now, why is that antithetical to our scriptures? Because the Bible says, thou shall not steal. And thou shall not steal is predicated on the idea that you can own something. It doesn't make any sense to say thou shall not steal if people can't own anything. Now, I often think about these people in corporate America who are backing like Black Lives Matters. Black Lives Matters really doesn't care about black lives. The reason I say that is because they murdered black police officers like David Dorn in St. Louis. No, Black Lives Matters is a Marxist institution that wants to carry out Marxist progress. Now, why do I say that so boldly? Because the founders of BLM said as much. Patrice Culler said, we are trained Marxist. I'm going by what the founders of the organization said. So here's the irony. You have corporate America backing BLM. And if BLM had their way, they couldn't own their company. Are you with me? And you and I see this and we're like, beam me up, Scotty. There's not a lot of intelligence life form down here. I'm ready for the rapture. But that's corporate America. Wow. What are they teaching in those business schools, right? Shocking to you and me, but that's what they believe. So dear ones, this is not good. Number two, the abolition of religion. Yes, Karl Marx is a jealous God, and you shall have no other gods before him. Listen to what he said in his critique of Hegel's philosophy of right. He said, quote, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature. The abolition of religion as the illusory happiness of the people is what will bring their real happiness, unquote. You can't have any other religion other than Marx and his doctrine. And that's why throughout the ages, whether it was Stalin or Lenin prior to him or Mao after him, they murdered Christians by the droves. At least 61 million Christians alone died at the hands of the Marxists from the 20th into the 21st century. You can't have any other God beside Marx. For those social justice Christians who think Marxism is compatible with Christianity, it's because they don't understand Marx. Number three, abolition of all in rights of inheritance. This one's ironic. Karl Marx said in the Communist Manifesto that you had to get rid of all inheritance. Nobody could have an inheritance from their family. The irony is, he is as he and Engels wrote that, they're living off of the inheritance of Engels' father. How ironic. So think about that. That's the duplicity that we often see in the Marxist movement. You can't do what they do. Uh, you, you can't go to grandma's house with your mask on, but Gavin Newsom in California goes and has a dinner without a mask with his family and friends. Um, the geniuses that are going to bring about this iron environmentalism we'll talk about next week, they can fly a Gulfstream 4, but you can't own an SUV. It's they can do, but you can't do. This is called hypocrisy, and yet the left lectures you on fairness and social justice. Let me throw this out. In the Bible, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 12, do unto others as you'd want done unto you. Karl Marx says, I can have an inheritance and you can't. And then you get lectured from those who believe in Marx as to what's socially just and what's fair. No, social justice doesn't come from Karl Marx. It comes from...
from following Jesus Christ. Number four, abolition of the individual. This is the one that bothers me the most. The last one probably does, but this one really gets to me. Why? Because here, listen to this. Karl Marx says we don't want individuality anymore. He said, quote, the abolition of bourgeoisie individuality and bourgeoisie freedom is undoubtedly aimed at, unquote. He wants to get rid of the individual so that you're just a cog in the machine of the socialist state. Brothers and sisters, this is antithetical to what the Bible teaches. So precious are you, the individual, that Christ Jesus shed his blood to atone for your sins. That's why it says in Luke 15, 7, Jesus says there's greater rejoicing in all of heaven when just one sinner repents. How many? The individual one. In, in Matthew 18, Jesus talks about the wonderful shepherd who leaves the 99 to go find the what? The one sheep. And he rejoices over the one that he finds. No, dear ones, Jesus Christ didn't die for a political movement. He died for individuals who were sinners. That's why in the Western world, built off a Judeo-Christian ethic, you have individual rights. You can freely speak in America. You have a First Amendment right, at least until the Marxists get rid of it. You have a Second Amendment right to protect your family. Why? Because your family is comprised of individuals who are made in the image of God, at least until the Marxists come and take it away. Which way do you want to go? Towards the Marx or towards Jesus Christ? That's really what's at the forefront of the choices Americans in the world faces. Number five, this one really got to me. I never knew this. Equitable distribution of the population. Did you know Karl Marx not only wanted to redistribute your wealth, he wants to redistribute you. In fact, the great Dr. Paul Kangor, he's a genius with Marxism. He points out, if you've ever watched the movie, The Killing Fields, it's not uplifting, I have to tell you. But in the beginning of The Killing Fields, it's where the Camarouge come to power, the communists in Cambodia. And they're maneuvering people from the cities and taking them out into the country. Why? Because they have to equitably distribute everybody. You can't choose where you want to live. How many here remember during the campaign, Donald Trump said suburban women should love him? And everyone thought, well, that's kind of a strange statement. Do you know why he said that? Because in the Obama administration, dominated by Marxists, they had a policy that came from the federal government where they wanted to equitably distribute you. So the bureaucrats in Washington were going to control the zoning in the suburbs because they wanted equality throughout the entire land. They believed in the same doctrine, and Trump stopped it. But then the, the academics and the media and the Marxists just said, well, he's a racist, and everyone said, that's good enough. And they got rid of him. But he was the one who was standing in the way of the equitable distribution of the population, and few knew it. Number six, abolish the truth in the past. Oh, yes, Karl Marx was postmodern like Kant. Truth may be out there, but it can't be known. And you can't ever teach history. Why? Because if history is taught, it's a bourgeoisie, a have implement. Because the history teacher can say, hey, you know what? It was actually better back then prior to these Marxists coming to power. We can't have that. And so that's why the famous Soviet dissident Solzhenitsyn said, in Russia, remember they were dominated by Marxism, he said, in Russia, the future was known. It's the past that keeps changing. Yeah, the future was always known. It was bleak. 
but they kept changing the past so that you wouldn't know any better. Who is taking over the schools today? The Marxists. Who are teaching their kids that the Marxists are so much superior to the founding fathers? The Marxists. That's what's going on today. Same doctrines. Number seven, abolition of the family. Karl Marx said this. He says, do you charge us with wanting to stop the exploitation of children by their parents? He said, to this we plead guilty, unquote. Karl Marx also said in his writings, blessed is the person who has no family. And to me, the bitter irony is the scriptures say, honor your father and mother. Karl Marx and his minions say, get rid of your father and mother. They're not equal. Karl Marx was not a good family man. I don't know why anyone would want to follow him. He had six children. Three of them died due to starvation. In fact, Karl Marx never worked a job to support his family. One time he was given a gift of money as one of his children was starving to death. And instead of paying for food and for medicine, he took the money and he went on a drinking binge in Paris and allowed the baby to die. Two of his children that actually survived a childhood, there's only three that did, two of them committed suicide. He was a racist who called his son-in-law names that I can't utter here because he was black. He was a racist. He allowed his family members to die. Only six people went to his funeral. He never bathed. He smelled, and he had boils. And yet, you have to follow him? And we get lectured from BLM and Antifa and everyone else on the left to say, if you don't follow him, you're not woke? No, those who follow him, truth be told, they're not woke. They're spiritually dead. And dear brothers and sisters, you and I have to give it to them straight. That following Jesus Christ will lead to life. But following Karl Marx always leads to death. Now, what I want you to be convinced of today is that Marxism isn't politics gone religious. It was primarily religion gone political. How do I know that? Because if you look at the earlier writings of Marx, a lot of it's religious. In fact, look at this poem. In 1837, Marx had this little limerick. It says, Thus heaven I forfeited, I know it full well. My soul, once true to God, is chosen for hell. Well, isn't that a cute little nursery rhyme? Now, dear ones, I want you to think about this. A lot of his poetry was dedicated to talking about hell. I was shocked by this. I didn't know any of it. I was ignorant of it. A lot of his poetry that he wrote was about hell. Either he was in hell or someone else was being tormented in hell. But he talked more about hell than most left-wing pastors do today from the pulpit. Now, he wrote one of his poems was, was a mock on Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. He mocked it. He also had a friend who was a rabid anti-Christian hater named Dr. Bruno Bauer. Dr. Bruno Bauer was a theologian who got kicked out of seminary because he was an atheist. Do you know what? At Bethel, I ran into the same thing. I, ran, I was underneath a theologian who was an atheist named Dr. Laurent Schultz. The same things are happening today. But when Dr. Bauer was kicked out of his seminary because he, they found out he was an atheist, he became very angry. And in 1842, Marx and Bauer... They end up mocking Christ's entry into Jerusalem by renting mules in Goatsburg, Germany. So their big brouhaha was that they were going to get back at Christians by renting these mules and riding into this local town, Goatsburg, to mock Christ. That's who Karl Marx was. 
he was religious more than he really was political in the beginning. In fact, in 1844, Karl Marx calls for the abolition of religion four years prior to penning the Communist Manifesto. Why am I saying this? Because what you see in his early life was that it was his religion that drove him to politics. And so why is this off limits? Why can I rebuke other false religions but not Marxism? I've rebuked Mormonism for having a different Christ. I've rebuked all sorts of other religions, but all of a sudden Marxism has this, so, this special place where we can't criticize it because it's supposedly political. No, it's first and foremost religious. Dear ones, what I think ultimately drives Marxism is the hatred of Christ and his people. That's what it is. Now, one of the reasons I think this happens is, remember, in Marxism, they always want to take from the haves and give to the have-nots. The haves are wicked people in their mind. Well, in history, the ultimate haves, according to the unregenerate, are the people of God. Consider this for just a moment. Since Cain murdered Abel, the human heart has hated the ultimate haves, God's people. Look at Genesis chapter 4. Cain murders his brother Abel. Why is he so angry? Because Abel offers a sacrifice that's accepted, but Cain's isn't. And if you unpack all the data, it's because Cain didn't offer it in faith. But God says to Cain, if you do what's right, won't your countenance be lifted up? In other words, if you come to me by faith, you'll be received. But instead of doing that, he hated his brother and murdered him because he had the blessings of God. And having the blessings of God is the greatest bourgeoisie have status that you could ever have. Israel was given that status of being the haves. Because they were given the covenants of God, the promises of God, the patriarchs of God. They were his chosen. And what did the nations do? Say, let's go here, the God of Israel. No, they want to wipe Israel out. In the moment you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you became the greatest bourgeoisie have of all time. You have the forgiveness of sins, the hope of everlasting life, the hope of a resurrection. And these promises are going to go on forever. And so that's why... The spirit of Marxism has really been with us throughout the ages. Hate the ultimate haves, the believers who have the promises, and install the have-nots. When the Antichrist comes, he is going to wear down the saints. And what we see in Daniel 7.25 is the culmination of this thinking. This is the Antichrist in the last seven years when Babylon is built. It says, he will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the highest one. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Dear ones, the Antichrist is going to wear down the saints and attack the saints, but you know what? The Marxists have been doing that for generations. Marxism stands in solidarity with what the Antichrist is all about. Hatred of God, hatred of his people. Yes, Marxism is religion gone politics, not politics gone religion. Let me give you a more recent quote. This quote comes from Gus Hall. Gus Hall, if you don't know who he was, he grew up in Minnesota up on the Iron Range. He was the head of the Communist Party USA. He ran for president in 1972, 1976, 1980, 1984. Listen to what he says. He's a Marxist. He said, quote, I dream of the hour when the last congressman is strangled to death on the guts of the last preacher. And since the Christians love to sing about the blood, why not give them a little of it? 
Brothers and sisters, do you know who voted for this man? One of the big supporters of Gus Hall was John Brennan. Do you know who John Brennan is? He was the CIA, the head of the CIA in the second term of the Obama administration. The head of the CIA voted for a communist. Now you might say, well, maybe John Brennan just had different thoughts as a kid. Well, you know what? Just a few weeks ago, John Brennan said something very similar, but he just dressed it up in different language. John Brennan said this regarding the intelligence community. He said they are moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about the pro-Trump insurgency that harbors religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, even libertarians. Do you see, let me point to the screen. Up here, Gus Hall just said it directly. We want to kill Christians. In the 40 years, the Marxists have become more tactful. And now they won't say it directly. They use the term religious extremist. But a religious extremist in Brennan parlance and the Marxist is anyone who believes their Bible. And the gall of what he's saying, notice he wants to get rid of authoritarians. Who really are the authoritarians? Those who want the First and Second Amendment and individual rights, which came from the Judeo-Christian ethic, or those Marxists who want to get rid of them? Think of the irony. The fascist, you know the only fascist country ever in the history of man was Benito Mussolini's Italy in the 20th century. How do we know that? Because he said so. Mussolini was a Marxist. Fascism is on the left because as Mussolini goes to Rome in 1925, he gets a a congratulatory letter from Lenin saying, hey, finally, you've brought a real Marxist regime to power. Fascism is on the left. It's a Marxist regime, not a conservative one. Think about this, the racist. Karl Marx was a racist. And you should see what he said about his Cuban son-in-law. But believers in Jesus Christ, those who believe in the Bible, believe that every single human being is made in the image of God. In Romans, or excuse me, Galatians 3.28, Paul is very clear that there's no slave nor free. There's no Jew nor Gentile. There's no male nor female. But all are one in Christ Jesus. And so, yes, they have critical race theory, but in the Bible, if you follow Christ, you know what the issue is? Your race isn't critical. What's critical is you have faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Brothers and sisters, we need, in my opinion as Christians, to speak out against these things. These things aren't political, they are religious. And in Matthew chapter 5, The Lord Jesus Christ expected us to be salt and light in the world that you and I lived in. Meaning we are to be the preservative agent. You and I are to be the ones who contend for the faith and explain to the unregenerate what is true and what is not. If we don't explain the harmful nature of Marxism, pantheism, where are the people going to hear it in our culture? Are they going to get it from CNN? Are they going to get it from academia, which are the Marxists now? No, brothers and sisters, you and I have to be those who do it. So let me conclude with this summary. Pantheism, I believe, is part of this end-time religion. Why? Because pantheism began at Babylon. It's infected the powerful Western world and the majority of the world now. And I think it's leading people back to Babylon, where you don't worship the God of the Bible, but you become like God. Dear ones, the Marxist hatred we learn today 
is really what's behind Marxism. And the Marxist hatred, the Marxists who've murdered so many Christians, who stand in solidarity with the Antichrist, that sentiment will come to bear in the last seven years when Babylon is rebuilt again. In fact, we see as much in Revelation 17, 6, where John said, And I saw the woman, that's Babylon, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. Dear ones, I believe in the rapture that happens prior to this last time period. But I do believe that there are many people who will come to faith in Jesus Christ during this time period. And they will be persecuted. And the Marxists who have done it before will be in solidarity with those who do it. But brothers and sisters, the good news is, is that Jesus Christ is more powerful. And even though those who do evil will establish Babylon, he's coming to destroy Babylon and bring us Jerusalem. Revelation 18.20, it says of Jesus Christ, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and, and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Who's going to do that? Jesus by his power. He's going to overthrow Babylon. So today, before we conclude, if there's anyone out there that may be listening to me that's a Buddhist or into the New Age spirituality, or perhaps you're into Marxism and maybe you've gone to some uh, marches or walks or organizations with BLM and Antifa, today is the day to realize that one day Jesus Christ is going to throw that down. Today is the day to repent and to turn from all of the false religions that will comprise Babylon and turn to God on his terms, which is faith alone and Jesus Christ alone. The Jesus who existed as God and with God from all eternity. The Jesus who lived the perfect life that we can't. The Christ who died a propitious and atoning death on the cross. The one who was bodily raised from the dead, who was sent into the heavens, who's coming again to destroy Babylon, but bring a kingdom for his people. If you trust upon this Jesus, the scriptures say you have the forgiveness of sins and you become a have, part of the bourgeoisie, forevermore. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and leave us a message. We would love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this has been Jessica Kramus, and you've been hearing Pastor Eric Dauma. We'll see you next week.